Good morning, everybody. What a great job they're doing. And you're all thinking, Andy, it's said in the notice sheet, a youth-led service. But I would also encourage you to look to the left when the band come up and see how young you think they are. So, um, yeah, that was right. Okay. It is a youth-led service, and I know you're thinking, well, it's a youth-led service. They were obviously looking for someone who was youthful, had a lot of street cred. Um, Jared's away, so what we've gone with is someone in their mid-30s who still likes Lego, so I think we've found a good balance. Um, I volunteer with the uh, youth Bible study on a Tuesday night, which is where these guys all come from, uh, and I say it with real sincerity, it's a real highlight of my week on a Tuesday evening um, to make 30 cups of hot chocolate, which are critiqued, to guard the donuts and biscuits like you're a prison warden, and to be insulted for two and a half hours by someone half your age. It is a real honour. Yeah. Now, as a quiz to start off, and I'm going to speak to the young people first, because old people don't tend to listen that well, but you guys do. So I'm sure you'll be aware that over the past five weeks, we've done a series on Ephesians. I'm going to give you a clue to this quiz and see if you can answer it. So week one, we did Ephesians one. Week two, we did Ephesians two. Good. Week three, this is good stuff. Week four, that's it, Ephesians or Ephesians, I'll take either answer. Week five. Now we're on week six. This is the test. Week six. What are we going to be doing? No, for some reason Mike didn't do Ephesians 6 or week six, so that's wrong. This week, I received the, the email, from week a number of, uh, email from Mike a number of weeks ago about what to speak on. I'll give you what Mike summarized this for me. And it's this. These are the topics we're going to cover this morning. Take a deep breath, Andy. About being fruitful having a bigger vision for our lives, growing in our calling and being bold, living our lives as a ministry. Boom. You're all thinking, Andy, that is a lot to get through. But the good news is we've got several hours so we can go through it in real detail. Is that okay, kids? Several hours okay? Brilliant. Thank you very much. You want to see what your parents were saying. Okay. I've been thinking, what stops us from being fruitful in our Christian journey? What stops us from bearing the fruits of the Spirit? What stops us from knowing what God's will is for our lives and being bold? Mike spoke last week about this light shining out from us. The more that God has for us in week one. But what is preventing us from realizing that light and the more that God has? And I thought for some of us, it, it might be this. It might be that we think that we don't matter. Or worse than that, it might be that you don't think that you matter at all. And I want to speak some truth this morning from the book of Ephesians to say to everybody here, everybody, put your hand up if you're under 100 years old. Okay, good, you're all captured. If you're over 100, you're still captured. Some of you are lying. I know you need to put your hands up. We all matter. You matter this morning. Whether you're sat on the carpet or you're sat at the back, wherever you are, you matter to God this morning and tomorrow and for all time. You matter. You matter to your family. You matter to your community, to your school, your college, your workplace. In everyday life, you matter. So I want to ask you this morning, 
Do you know that you matter? Luke, can you please put up my first slide? If this works, it'll be incredible. There we go. Who knows what this is? Who is this beautiful person? It's not me before you ask. Who is? It's not Jesus, but that's a good answer because he's got long hair. Very good answer. Charlie. Samson. I mean, he's got long hair as well. It's not. Thor. It's Thor. And look at this. Because hem's worth it. Isn't that funny? Is everyone laughing at that? Isn't that good? Now, for the grown-ups out there, what advert is being parodied here? L'Oreal. Uh, and that's right. So Luke, put the real advert up now. Um, so there we go. So L'Oreal Paris. And the slogan is, of course, what? Because you're worth it. Because you're worth it. I mean, I haven't got long hair. Am I worth it? Thanks, Luke. We can just uh, take that off the screen. For L'Oreal, you're worth it. As long as you buy our overpriced shampoo. But that's not how God sees it. You matter because God says so. And I'm speaking to everybody here, regardless of where you come from. You matter because God says so. God says over and over and again in his book of Ephesians how much we matter. And these are some of the things from the book. He chose us before the creation of the world. You are chosen. Young people, teenagers, adults, you are chosen. God chose you. It says in love, he adopted us into his family. Do you know if you're here this morning that you belong? You belong. You are adopted and made alive in Christ. You were raised up with Christ. Now, young people, I'm going to give you a, a clue here about something. Do you know something amazing about heaven? Do you know something amazing about heaven? Is that Jesus wants to sit next to you in heaven. Do you know that? Jesus wants to sit next to you in heaven. Look up Ephesians 2 verse 6 if you don't believe me. Jesus wants to sit next to you in heaven. You're not going to be in the cheap seat somewhere or, or up really high where I normally pay when I go and watch sport, the cheapest seat's really up high. You're going to be sat next to Jesus. That's how much you matter to him. The next thing is this. You matter because the way that you are, your being, your nature, your personality, the way you look, God describes it as this. He says you are his workmanship. God made the entire world. And he also made you. And when God made you, do you know what he said when he made you? He said, that's good. That is good. In the book of Psalms, it says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You matter because you are an amazing piece of workmanship. You were made by God. Don't ever wish that you were different. Don't ever wish that you look like somebody else or you behave like somebody else. Be grateful that you are wonderfully made by a great creator who looks at you and says, you are great workmanship. You are wonderfully made. You matter because of how God made you. Maybe you're still not convinced yet and you're thinking, Andy, we're not even into the first few minutes yet of this seven-hour exploration of Ephesians. I'm not convinced. But I want to say this. is The value of something is not based on what you think it's worth. It's on what someone is willing to pay for it. Luke, can you put up the next slide, please? Who knows what this is? And I don't... What is it, please? Yes. That's not a good enough answer. It's not the Millennium Falcon. That's nearly right, but it's not good enough for me. Who else knows? 
adults, do not pretend you don't look this stuff up because I spend many, many hours, and I mean per day, looking at this stuff. What year is this Millennium Falcon from, please? Any guesses? Oh, come off it. You're not all that mature. You are, I'll take that. It's 2007. Do you know what edition? <laughs> do you know what edition of Millennium Falcon that is? It's not just the Millennium Falcon. There's a very special set that Lego released, which is not for children to play with. They are for adults <laughs> to make and hide from their children in cabinets. I'll give you a, it's not a, a model. It's a lot more than that. I'll give you a clue. It's UCS. Who knows what UCS stands for? Ultimate Collector Series. <laughs> Ultimate Collector Series. I, they are things of beauty, and I, I tell you, it's a lot to see it there. Now, how much do you think that some moron would pay for this when it was new in 2007? 250. Well, it was actually a bit less than that, but 250. We'll take 250, okay. Now, that person didn't open it and play with it, they kept it in the box. And then they sold it at Sotheby's. Yeah? How much do you think that some even bigger moron paid for this? A thousand pounds. They're an even bigger moron than that, I tell you. One P. One P. If it was one P, I would have bought it. Who thinks? Anyone? More than a thousand? More than two thousand. Less than five thousand. Four. Thousand pounds. What an amazing person with real vision to purchase that. Do you know that Lego at this point had a higher retail value than gold in terms of the investment value? Isn't that great? And that is what I tell Kiri when I purchase these sets. <laughs> Just to clarify, I didn't buy that. I would have liked to. Okay, thank you, Luke. It's crazy, isn't it, that somebody put so much value on that, they paid a ridiculous, disproportionate sum for something that a lot of us would look at and say, I just don't get it. But somebody looks at that and has real value in it. And it's the same with God, because God thinks that you are worth it. And he paid for you with his son. That's how much that you are worth to him. And you may look at it and say, for me... God paid for me, I'm not worth that. But God looked at our situation and the wrong things that we've done and the stuff that we put in between us and God. And the price to put that right was the blood of Jesus on the cross. And God says, you're worth it. And I'm going to pay that expensive price that you are worth. The value of something is based on what somebody else is willing to pay for it. And Jesus was willing to spread his arms wide and say that you're worth it. You are worth it. You matter even if you don't think you do. Paul, who wrote this book of Ephesians, Paul, who doesn't even have a surname, he's that important. He's like Jedward. He, he just... No one knows Jedward's surname, do they? It's, the, it's a good analogy for the young people. He's so important, he's just Paul. He's that important. He, he founded churches. He wrote books that got in the Bible. I mean, wow. He's important. He sets the bar, uh, the bar pretty high for what it means to be a Christian and an evangelist and a church planter and an encourager. 
Wow! And this is how Paul describes himself, this great man of God. He says, I am less than all the least of all God's people. I am less than the least of all God's people. That is how Paul described himself. But he was given something called grace. And that's what comes from God to enable him to speak to the Gentiles. That's the people that weren't Jews. Paul, somebody who didn't think he had very much to offer. Is Howard Oldfield here this morning? Can I see Howard? He'll be impressed I listened to him. I remember he said something years ago, and he said this, which has really stuck with me. It says this, The only ability that God looks for is availability. The only ability that God looks for is availability. Or maybe you've heard it expressed in this way before. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Do you know that we've all been given God's grace? And none of us are perfect, and some of us don't have the value in ourselves that God says about us. And we could have gone through a long list this morning of people from the Bible who didn't think they were good enough or were the right person to do a particular job. They're all over the place in the Bible. People who do not believe that they are good enough to do what God wants them to do. But thanks be to God that we don't have to do it in our own strength. But we do it because of the grace that he gives to us. Do you need that grace this morning? Do you feel that you are not enough? Do you feel that you are just less? That you are, as Paul said, less than the least of all God's people? I want to say to you, don't allow that to stop you from serving. Because there is grace in our God. There is power within us. You matter because there is God's power within you. I thought this was quite amazing when I read this about the light of God. The light that comes from God. And it's described like this. It's described as an incomparably great power through his spirit. Within you is an incomparably great power. Now I know for all of us here this morning we'll come up against obstacles and hurdles in our lives. We will come against stuff that is hard and that we struggle with. But God's power is bigger. God's power is stronger and it doesn't fail and it overcomes and it sustains. Do you know that light destroys darkness? I've shared this story before, but who here used to have a blackout curtain for their kids when they're trying to sleep in the summer? Who had one of those blackout blinds that, yeah. I used to love sticking those up against the window, yeah. And every night you'd be there licking these suckers and pin them against the window to try and block every single minute ray of light that will disturb your child's sleep and prevent you from getting your hopefully six or seven hours in, yeah. And every night you stick it up and you think, yep, I've blocked out the darkness, yeah. And the room is dark even at 6 o'clock on a summer's night. Yeah? And then at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, you'd hear a noise. And it would be a baby stirring. And you'd go in. And the tiniest little thing had just peeled away from the corner. And you know what happens? The entire room is literally flooded with light. It's like you're sat on a beach in the Bahamas. It's that light that the darkness has completely gone. And that's the way it is with God. Is that we can feel in a dark place in our lives sometimes. That nothing can come in. But because of his incomparably great power, because of how bright the light is that comes from Jesus and knowing him, 
that the tiniest bit of light shatters the darkness. You may have heard this wonderful saying, it takes a mustard seed of faith to move mountains. And if we allow God's power into our lives through the ongoing filling of the Holy Spirit, then I believe that we are capable of doing great things because of his incomparably great power. So I want to ask you this morning, how big is your God? How big is your God? Because in God's book, the Bible, and in Paul's letter, the Ephesians, it tells us that God can do more than we ask or imagine. How big are our prayers? How big is our God that we turn to in our time of despair? You have his power at work in you. Who knows the wonderful song? And if you do, my God is so, so. For you, I add that bit in as well. That's a little bit I sing at night time to page and add that little line in. My God is so big, he's so strong, he's so mighty. There's nothing that my God cannot do for you. Do you know that? That kid's song is very, very powerful. How big is your God? And finally this, is you matter because of what you can achieve for the kingdom of God when you come alive in Christ Jesus and you're filled with his spirit. I've said already, you were made by God. You were made by God and you are his workmanship. You were saved by Christ and he paid the price for you because you are worth it. Do you know that you were made with a purpose in mind? A good purpose prepared for you. A purpose prepared for you. You weren't aimlessly designed and created, but you were created with a purpose that was set out for you. These are some of the things that you could be. And young people, hear these words that you can be. You can be an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher. You can build up the body of Christ. You can be kind. You can be compassionate. You have the ability to forgive others because we've been forgiven by Christ. We can live a life filled with love, not envy or bitterness or sadness, but love. And why? Because we know that Christ loves us. We can live as children of light. We can be full of goodness and righteousness and truth. We can sing and make music. Even if we're not very good at singing or making music, we can still do it. Come and sit next to me if you don't believe that. Be filled with the Spirit and be wise. These are all the things that a Spirit-filled life looks for. Kindness, compassionate, forgiveness, love, light, music, wisdom. These are all the things that we can be with God's Spirit within us. His incomparably great Spirit. We're filled with great power. A God who says that you matter. You matter. All of this is on offer. Because in darkness, as the guys with the flip chart showed us, it's fruitless. We need that sun to shine, don't we? Because in light, where Christ is, there is much fruit. You matter. You matter to God. May we go forward and use it, 
filled with his power and with his spirit to serve a wonderful God who's done it all. Just bow your heads for a moment, please. Heavenly Father, I thank you that whether we come here and we're sat on a rug and we're young, whether we don't want to be sat here because we're a teenager and there's better things that we could be doing, whether we're older and we're still trying to figure some things out we thought we would have figured out by now, wherever we are in that spectrum, Father God, may we know that we matter to you. Not because some advert says that we're worth it, but because you have shown us that we matter to you. Because you sent Jesus for us. Because you made us as your workmanship. Because you have created a purpose for our lives that we can do. Not because we are worthy, but because of your grace in us. I pray for everybody here that they would hear that this morning, that they matter to you. That they matter to their families. That they matter in their workplace. In all the relationships that they have. That they matter. Overcome anyone who doubts that by filling them with your spirit this morning, I pray. Thank you that it's your power in us, Father God. Your unfailing, incomparably great power. Fill this church Fill this community, Lord God, I pray, with your incomparably great power through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.